You're listening to the Optimal State Podcast. Here we go. Hive Mind Detonation in three, two, one. Let's go. Confronting the lies and bringing the truth to light. The, the mainstream. You can't handle the truth. Has been put on notice. This is the Optimal State Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode the optimal state very happy to be with you guys again this is episode 15 I believe i've uh, been with you guys for 15 episodes loving every minute of it so far my name is jared i'm one of the hosts of the optimal state and i am joined as always by the man of men my good buddy senior adam how's it going dude uh not too bad uh quiet day today you know nothing uh, nothing too crazy how are you doing you know, I, I threw my back out the other day, if you want the honest truth. And that's been a real pleasant adventure. Uh, makes you really realize your uh, vulnerability as a as a meat sack just walking around, you know. And you don't stretch and you're just leaning over, staring at a screen all day with bad posture. Waking up in the morning, you could just throw your back out. And uh, so, not too fun. Oh, I, I was also napping on the couch the other day because I was feeling a little under the weather. And uh, that's also no good. So, anyway, it's all good, though. Um, remind you, like, a little bit of suffering. Because it could honestly be way worse. But this little bit of suffering humbles me, you know. It, or it helps to humble me anyway. I mean, it's makes me appreciate times that I'm feeling better. It makes me um, also, you know, we talk so much in prior episodes about like collapse situations and what would happen if the comforts of the modern age were suddenly taken away from us in one fell swoop. And if something like that were to happen, I think a lot of people, ourselves included, we assume that we'll be operating at our peak potential or our peak operating level at during these times. But what we don't think is, okay, these are going to be times where there won't be as much, probably as much food, water, shelter, heat, hygiene, and in these high stress, more dangerous situations or uh, conditions, you could get hurt and it would be very, hard to then do a lot of these things that you need to do to survive because when we're in our when we when we envision these situations and when we think about them it's sometimes we want to romanticize them you know i'm guilty of it i'm i'm sure maybe you are as well we think like oh we'll have things in order you know i'll have the chickens out in the yard they'll be producing eggs anybody who comes to cause trouble i'll deal with them don't have to get too into the details, but I know I'll just deal with them and everything will be perfect, you know, but you don't think like, oh man, uh, this could be, there could be like unforeseen things that occur. And uh, so anyway, that's what's been going on, but otherwise doing pretty okay. Enjoying the weekend. I guess like you were alluding to, it seems like the news is a little quiet. They're not like, blaring anything at us in terms of subject matter nothing like too new anyway and makes you wonder what are they what are they what's up their sleeve right what what's what's in store for us what big event are they 
about to unleash after the after this seeming quiet time. Any ideas? Funny, we get like one day of rest and like, oh, what are they planning? You know, because uh, <clears throat> we're so used to being, being so used to being fun party with fucking nonsense all day. I don't mean to curse, but I don't know. I, I think that everything they have planned has been planned for a while. Everything like each step is uh, to them is probably like you know a few years away. So uh, you know, and they, they do things you know in the interim, of course. Uh, you know, they divide people through, as we said in prior podcasts, through race, uh, racial identity and, and gender and stuff like that. So they'll always keep a pe- they'll they will always keep people on their toes. But uh, yeah, when's the next big crisis? Uh, what's the you know where is uh, you know World War Three? All this stuff. Uh, it, it's seemingly plausible that uh, that we're kind of. Uh, heading in a direction of conflict because like I, I'm kind of thinking now that UK Ukraine conflict was the or is the pre uh, the, the next step and you know a full-blown war but you know you can't just start a war out of nowhere so you gotta incrementally incrementally do these in stages and uh, you know it'll be it's a perfect setup because I think Russia is gonna be the ultimate pat- patsy when uh, things go wrong and everybody will direct their hatred towards Russia, there'll be propaganda about it, how they did something, you know, maybe took down the grid or whatever it is. And uh, so the government always has the patsy to take the fall. So that's, uh, that's what I think they're setting Russia up to be. It does seem like they're priming that, but like we've seen Putin's or we've read Putin's speech uh, that he gave recently. And we've seen basically how these other leaders are kind of parrying the the narrative that the the globalists and the the west have been have been using like this this tired old script of you know we are the the bearers of democracy and freedom and all the other countries that stand in our way are these evil dictators and and you know you got putin basically being like no what are you talking what who is spreading who's spreading in nato who's encircling who you know, who's got military bases all over the country? Who's used their CIA to overthrow something like 100, oh, I think it's 103 countries since its, since its formation in the, the 50s. Uh, that's, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's at this point, it's just hard to, for them to keep, for the, the West to keep using that same tired script, but they still do. Um but yeah, what's the next thing? What are, what are they priming for? It's it is funny, like you said. It's uh, where we've been conditioned to react to these big events almost, so that when it doesn't happen, uh, we're like, hey, wait, where was nothing happening? But really, it's it's interesting because history doesn't usually work in. Well, sometimes it does. I think it was actually was it Lenin who said this. He said, "History occurs." Sometimes uh, history will occur in the span of two decades. Sometimes it'll occur in the span of a week or two weeks. Sometimes I'm, I'm getting that wrong, but uh, the idea is that some things happen very quickly. Some things take a very long time. And I think a lot of our assumptions are just that things happen very, just always rapidly, that there, there are always these major events. But wars, you know, World War One, World War Two. these were, these were, 
civil war, all, all these big wars that we think of, these took place over years. And usually what, what, what it was was there was a battlefront, occasionally multiple battlefronts occurring simultaneously, but there was one battlefront, usually one main one that just moved along the line. So, I, I mean, World War One, you think like there was the, uh, between Germany and France, you know, the Alsace-Lorraine region, I believe, was like where all the trench warfare mainly occurred. You know, you think the Civil War, American Civil War, is just like moving all through, all through the the country, like gradually. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't like wars occurring everywhere. And I I wonder if that's when everybody thinks like, oh, America is going to devolve into a civil war. I wonder if they think like suddenly there's just going to be battles everywhere. But I think it'll be more like. You know, there will be pockets, but maybe we're already seeing this play out. Like you mentioned, Ukraine, I mean, could be like the basically beginning of World War Three of how it like how the battle starts moving around. But that would be pretty wild. I mean, and unprecedented for a battle to jump so such large like distances, you know, from like continent to continent. That would be pretty far out. I don't even know if anything has ever been seen quite like that before but that would be probably the destruction of the world if we saw something along those lines because i think nothing would be off the table they would use these giant bombs that they have and just wipe everybody off the face of the earth at that point yeah uh, i think it's very convenient that if a world war was to break out who gets off the hook the fucking bankers the bankers, you know, they get to walk away, you know, in their bunkers. Where it is, they fucking they screw everybody over, and they use the American people to enrich themselves, and they walk away, you know, and then they probably try to start a new world after that or something. I mean, I get that sounds like, you know, uh, kind of futuristic, and but I I really do believe that it will uh it will absolve all the evil people in their mind uh, of their wrongdoings because, uh, you know, who will be around to really care, you know, after the ruins, uh, when people survive that, uh, people aren't going to be like, oh, you know, the Federal Reserve really printed a lot of money back then. It's just going to get wiped off the face of the earth uh, if something like that were to happen. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping that it doesn't. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe if a new administration comes in, they can kind of deal with it appropriately, but. But how could you, you can't deal with at this point, how could you deal with it? Well, what's the, they have to start over no matter what, if somebody were to come in and like the, the best possible situation, if things were to stay, the only way things could stay together, like that the United States would possibly be able to move forward from complete economic destruction is if they kind of started over, you know, they would have to basically just be like, okay, we're going to stay in the United States, but we have to basically just clean slate everything. Like we have to gut the entire bureaucracy, all the central bank, like the fed that has to go, yeah, that has to go. Happen. We have to go to sound economic <laughs> policy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It'll never happen. Right. And I mean, I think to hope for that is just like, we're, we're kind of wasting energy uh, hoping for something so fruitless because it's like we're we're already saying that it has to start over so it's like but we're counting on the same we're counting on people from the same system to suddenly take up the mantle and and do that that's like 
it's impossible. They're, they're, the system doesn't make that people like that. It's very rare. I mean, the system makes people that crush people like that, that want to, I mean, look what happened to Ron Paul, who we, we've brought up, you know, a few times. We love Ron Paul. Ron Paul is actually like what got, I, and I, I think I speak for both of us. He's like what got us into starting to think like a little, um, be more politically minded to see, start seeing things outside the binary, like Democrat, Republican binary, uh, introduced us to sound monetary policy, libertarian principles. And, uh, but look what they did to him, you know? I mean, you bring, tell, can you tell the, the, the story he's at the debate and they're, they're speaking about, I think it was abortion. You know, the story I'm talking about. Oh yeah, it was uh, the 2012 debate, and uh, they had um, they're asking the candidates, the Republican candidates that were uh, going against or were trying to get the nomination to go against Obama. Uh, they asked everybody on stage. Well, I don't know if everybody, but they they asked an abortion question. They tried to skip Ron Paul, and he was like, and everybody starts booing, and he's like, you know, you would think that you know the one person that is. Um, that they can answer this question would be asked it, you know, and there's plenty of times that like he got booed when he said that we need to treat other nations like we want to be treated, that we shouldn't have military bases on the borders of countries because it it basically provokes wars and all this other stuff. And they they booed him. They booed him, you know, and and it's like, that's how, you know, I mean, obviously those people are probably paid to be there. Uh, And, and, you know, it's kind of like Trump said when, he would get booed. He's like, oh, yeah, there's uh, Bush's donors. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – Ron Paul definitely did have a big impact on myself and uh, I'm, I'm sure you as well. But I think, uh, you know, the question he always asked, which I always um, really enjoyed, uh, was that he always said, you know, you have to ask yourself what, what government – uh, what uh, what, uh, what government is in your life? You know what I mean? Like, what type of government do you want in your life that is, you know, do you want it to be the policeman of the world? Do you want them to keep printing money? You, you know, do you want all this? Or do you want, you know, a government that just protects your civil liberties and is like, you know, and does the basics, which would be like intermediaries between like civil, um, uh, civil uh, litigations and stuff like that. You know, I mean... They, they would have to, that's what government is. They're supposed to be like an intermediary between people. And they've gotten to this point where everybody wants to just vote in the candidate that is just going to give give them the most. And I was talking to my father about it because he was the mayor of the town that we grew up in. And I was like, Dad, you can't run on cutting anything. You'll never win. And he's like, yeah, that's right. You can't. You know, like, could you imagine if a candidate got up, uh, got up and was just like, you know, we're going to have to cut the police uh, you know, the police money and, and the fire, fire, fire department money. And uh, we're going to have to cut educate uh, money from education because we literally can't afford it. But nobody understands those things, you know. So it's just we live. That's why they print money is because they just want to live on an unlimited budget forever. And it's coming to an end. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Uh, one quick thing about Ron Paul, though. Uh, he was a gynecologist uh, and he was also a think viet was a vietnam vet? it might even be korea i mean he's he's no, no, much no, older vietnam. oh vietnam okay he's a much older guy but uh he was a medic in the war and um delivered some um so many babies so uh, just to give more cred to him with the abortion 
question. It's actually insulting that they skipped over him and uh, just says a lot about how the whole thing is built. But I mean, that actually is a nice segue into what you were just saying as well about the flaws of voting, which is that it's a popularity contest, more or less, you know, so anybody who's going to go die or fall on their sword for uh, this, you know, quote unquote democracy is just it's hilarious. You know, it's like, what what are we all literally I always I put this analogy out there all the time. I'm like, imagine the world. Imagine just the the United States of America. Imagine all the voters as your high school class. And now think to yourself, how many of them were not the most intelligent people? How many of them you would not trust necessarily to do certain like important tasks, you know, or at least make like real important decisions? Because is that not what we're our expectations should be for our our civil uh, society? You know, we're we're supposed to try to be finding the most um the 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 most well-adjusted the uh, most moral the most intelligent wise among us to be entrusted to take on these positions we shouldn't be looking for the most the people who are looking for the most accolades you know the the guy who wants to take the most pictures and smile and kiss the most babies that's like you know we don't we shouldn't be aspiring to find bill clinton's we should be aspiring to find can't even, I mean, right? I can't even think of a great example off the top of my head. That's how messed up our society is right now. Is uh, that's who we should try to be like putting in these positions of power. But the the thing is, is like, that's the thing is the system is not designed to put those people in power. In fact, it's designed to make mockeries of them and make them pariahs more or less. Uh in, in multiple sorts of ways with multiple sorts of names. Oh, look how outdated they are. Look how not with the times they are. Oh, MAGA Republican. Oh, Ted Kaczynski. You know, it's just uh, it's very interesting how the mainstream defers. And I'll, I'll even go so far as to say the left. Man, you go, sometimes you go down those like Twitter feeds and it's so funny. People who are of a more like, you know, liberal democrat woke persuasion it's the the level of like commentary is just so not there which is interesting you know you're just like whether they're trying to insult people or they're trying to celebrate particular leaders or whatever it's just it's just so one-dimensional and it's interesting because like i used to consider myself a Democrat. Did you ever consider yourself a Democrat? Um, I, I think when I was younger, I really didn't. Um, I, I didn't really have any affiliation. I guess I didn't really because uh, I, I hated both parties. Yeah, ever since I was a kid. Yeah, you because know, uh, to me they were just. Uh, I, I guess maybe I leaned more Democrat because they were uh, at the time when we were growing up. You know, they were the ones who were less likely to. You know. Um, vote for the war in Iraq and all that stuff, even though they all kind of vote for it. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, and some social issues, I think that I have democratic values or de- more democrat values, but uh, I, I think they are more around libertarian principles and democrat, you know, but. Back then you'd have every rock star under the sun coming out and, you know, I mean, Green Day is giving multiple Grammys for, American idiot and 
all this other stuff, people, uh, artists speaking out against the war. And now fast forward to 2023 and you got Sean Penn over there, Ben Stiller taking pictures with Zelensky. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't given him an Oscar or a Grammy. I mean, they gave Cuomo, remember they gave Cuomo a, a Grammy? I think it was for, or no, it was an Emmy. They gave it a bit, uh, Andrew Cuomo, a daytime Emmy for his COVID coverage. Uh, it's so hilarious to think, man. And then you got the Blasio try to uh, play catch up and he's on TV. Um, ow. If you got some, uh, got your shot. Oh, yeah, you got these, oh, these fries. Oh, yeah, hamburgers. Yeah. That was good. I just got the shot. Like, dude, heart disease is the number one killer of everybody. Like, especially though, uh, this black community that you're so, you know, black, does black lives matter? You know, the number one killer of, of black people, of all people. Yeah, it's called heart attacks. Okay. And you're up there telling everybody to get free hamburgers and free french fries. Uh, and then an untested vaccine that now we know is making people drop dead due to heart attacks, strokes, and whatnot. Oh, man, what a, what a wacky, wacky world it is, huh? Yeah, well, you know, I kind of screwed myself when I was a kid, and I looked at my mother, and I told her I wanted to be in The Simpsons because I guess that's, uh, you know, in, in some funny way, that, that that's the kind of world that we're living in. It's just a total clown cartoon world. Uh, I look at things now, and I'm just like, dude, how is this even possible? Like, how could, you know, how could anybody's viewpoint be like this and i'm not even saying to the point where like obviously everybody has a different opinion about certain issues sometimes you just like you, you don't understand like what people are coming from because uh I, when i was like uh on twitter the one day and um i, I wrote that in china they were putting stickers on people's wall uh, uh doors electronic stickers and if you opened your door they would alert the authorities and they would come find you during quarantine and, you know, they live in, people live in big high rises. The only way out is your front door. You know, you can't get out any other way, really. And uh, some person was like, oh, prove it, prove it. So I sent them an article. It was from like USA Today saying that they were doing this. And the guy's like, oh, well, it was the most worst. It was the worst uh, virus in human history, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, are you really like siding with the Chinese authorities by like people were jumping out of windows, you know what I mean? Or, and and balconies just to get out of their house because they didn't want to be presented with authorities when they opened their door. It's a, uh, it, it's crazy. Like how can anybody have an opinion of take away my rights for me, please? I, that's great. I mean, I, that's what I didn't understand about the whole lockdown, all this stuff. People, it was like asking for it you know you're asking for this by you know not saying hey wait a minute you know this isn't really making a lot of sense like why do i have to put on a mask when i'm getting up to go to the bathroom or when i'm standing if i'm standing at a bar i gotta put a mask on but if i sit on the bar stool i can take it off literally you know what i mean like that that's how stupid people are when it comes to this type of thing and uh, I, from the very beginning, it irritated me, and it wasn't even something that I was like trying to defend on a on a Republican basis. It was just like, dude, I don't see the point in any of this. You know, I I, I don't get sick, and I, I don't have problems with anybody doing their own thing. But uh, you know, it made people crazy. 
and you can kind of see the state of people's mind when people act that way. And it's kind of scary because when things really go down, because you imagine it's going to be a lot more than toilet paper and, and paper towels that disappear. It's going to be like the shelves are going to be clean in like a, a, a day. Yeah, especially so you have a few things there. You have the people wanting to be controlled in that extreme regard by the state. They're looking for that. And then you had this sort of this whole event that took place over multiple years, this whole COVID lockdown event, which primed people to seek it out even more, seek out that sort of uh, authority over themselves more. And what what is especially alarming is they're going to be rolling out that set that digital currency very, very soon. Within the next few months, we're going to be seeing well, they're calling it Fed now. That's the name of it. This is going to be the digital currency that we're all going to be seeing very soon. And it's going to most likely completely replace the dollar. And it's happening now. And this is going to be the sort of thing that they are going to be able to uh, further their watch, hold over us and our behavior and what we're doing. And, uh, We will get a lot more into that uh, when we come back from a quick break. Look forward to talking about that. See you guys on the other side of the break. The Optimal State.
Welcome back to the Optimal State Podcast. This is Adam. Uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to get into uh, Fed Now and how it may or may not lead to a CBDC, uh, which is a central bank digital currency. Uh, the Fed Now system is pretty much an instant payment system that uh, is going to be taking over the automated clearinghouse uh, that banks use to send money. And that's why it takes so long. I mean, to get your paycheck, it takes two days, which is... Uh, Really weird, right? We live in a world where we can, you know, send freaking anything into space and freaking how God knows how long, but you can't get paid on time. Uh, or like when you, you when you go and swipe your credit card and or your card, and you need a reimbursement because you're returning something, it takes five to ten days sometimes. It's ridiculous, but that's just the bank holding on to your money. Uh, you know, they hold they hold on to your money that way they can get interest on it. And uh, so it it's benefits the bank um, and businesses. You know, some businesses just hold everything to the last minute. And then, uh, you know, that way they can get the interest, especially when interest rates are so high right now. But uh, I, I, I do believe that the FedNow system, which is an instant payment system, it will lead to a CBDC. Um, I, I think the banks will eventually go under and there'll only be like a few banks uh, that are nationalized. And uh, the, the Federal Reserve will control the transactions uh, because they can easily say now with all the banks going under, like, oh, look, banks aren't reliable. They're doing all this other stuff. You know, the Federal Reserve can handle most of this. And uh, it's not good because it just leads to a control system that is going to um, make us all serfs when uh, they find out uh, they, you know, you, you bought something from somewhere that isn't woke or something like that. Then they can just you know, deduct money out of your account, especially with negative interest rates. You know, if you can't move money out of your account and, you, and there's negative interest rates, what are you going to do? You, you know, you can't move money anywhere. You know, so that you, you end up being deducted out of your bank account money because of the negative negative interest interest rate. So there's a lot of negatives with something like that. And it's definitely going to absolve people of their freedoms, unfortunately. Uh, but that's the world we're headed. I, they, they want to track, trace, and monitor everything. And as we can see with COVID, you know, oh, money's gross. Don't use money. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> use instant payment systems. Use uh, ca- uh, what is it? Uh, don't use your uh, use your card. Don't use cash. Uh, so, but that, that's the way. It's kind of the direction that we're headed. Uh, they definitely want to control everybody and. Uh, that's uh, that's where we're headed, and it's uh, it's unfortunate that uh, no nobody's really. I mean, I guess some people are speaking up. I think DeSantis said that uh, you know he's trying to ban it from Florida, uh, but who knows? Who knows if that's just all talk? Maybe he figures by the time that actually you know gets put up to vote, he's not there anymore or something. You know, you can't really trust anybody. It creates such an interesting problem though, because when you have everything stored on like a digital ledger i think just it becomes so vulnerable and i wonder do they know they have to know like how like they can't just be like because that the logic here is that it's what they did with the library of alexandria i mean they they put everything of of historical value in one place and then when the place burnt they lost like so so much I mean, the logic would be like, that's why they say when investing, diversify, because if something goes down, 
and this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, but this is what they say, <laughs> diversify, which is, this is actually good financial advice, though, uh, because if something does go down, you will have so, uh, your money spread out and other things that probably will not be going down at the same time. You will have like, you know, if you're if your money is in real estate as well as in oil, as well as in precious metals, as well as in a few different stocks, crypto, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's all in different things. So that's, but my, my whole point is like, I can't imagine that they don't get that, that with everything being digital, that just one cyber attack, one uh, grid, major grid attack, one EMP, one electromagnetic pulse, which would just come in the form of a nuke set off like way, way up in above the atmosphere or like in the high, high, high atmosphere and where the ions would rain down and cause like this major short circuiting event. Uh, and I think you would just need like three of those something like a not not that many let off at a certain point over over the country and this this EMP effect would happen. Same thing with like a solar flare that could happen, the same sort of effect. But so I'm just saying, it's it's so interesting to think that they are pushing for this. And I wonder if they know, because I think that there will be some sort of cyber attack-like event that they, they'll probably pin on, you know, Russia or China. And we'll probably see this in the next, if not this year, in the next uh you know five years i think it's just a matter of time i can't i can't imagine it not happening because i think what that will set in motion is what they want the next phase to be which is where they take full control over information once again which is it'll be basically the end of the internet of the open internet as we know it because if this sort of event happens where they're able to just wipe everything out there won't be what people know the internet as anymore. And that when it comes back, it'll be kind of the same thing we're seeing with Trump is once they've, once he's reintroduced, he has to kind of jump through, like there's so much more that he has to go through right now because they already know he's already revealed his hands in, in the last four years that he was in office. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I think that I'm being pretty clear here. Yeah, I, I think that it's kind of funny when um, I'm in a public place and I see Fox News on and they're talking about how the, the grids might go down. And I'm like, oh, well, at the same time, they're preaching, you know, central bank digital currencies. Like, well, how is that going to work? You know, like, oh, the power's outside. You can't buy nothing. Right. Uh, you know, good luck uh, being able to, to do anything. Uh so I mean, it's just it's just beyond ridiculous, and um, it, it's there's really no words to describe how stupid these people really are. And I, but I don't think that they're stupid. I just think that this is a game of them trying to um, take everything for themselves in the last uh, the like the last part and just grab everything for themselves and just you know screw everybody over. Uh, I mean, it, it's no. It's no, there's no reason for this type of thing to happen. You know, why, like, why would the government just print all that money? What was it like? All like 40 or 50 percent of all like money ever created was created in the last like few years. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, by accident. exactly. You know, that doesn't happen by accident. 
you just, you know, you realize that there's going to be fallout from that. And it's, it's really incredible. And it's sad to see because it's just going to ruin an entire generation. Uh, but that, that's their plan. And I don't know what they have, you know, say for themselves. I don't know exactly how they're preparing, but uh, you know, they're setting us up for the big one. And who knows what that is, but it's, uh, I believe that they're probably going to steal people's wealth. And then when everybody's like down on their knees, they'll say, Hey, you know, here's the new system. Well, uh, we have it for you. And yeah, I mean, that would be a slave system. Totally. I mean, that would be my kind of takeaway too, is like, just be prepared for that. Like be prepared for them to pull the rug out from under our feet, because it does seem like they're preparing for that. We don't know quite what it is, but it does seem like the more they like put the weight, the more they overbalance things, like they put weights in over leverage, like that's probably where you want to like kind of walk away from. So what do I mean by that? I mean, I think crypto is something like I'm not, I have money in crypto, not that much. Um, but I, and I don't plan to put more in, honestly. Um, I think I have like a, a buy order for Ethereum. If it drops below 1500, it's, it's at like, I think around 2000, 2100 right now. Last I checked, I actually don't know. I haven't checked in a few days, but um, I just don't think that that's where we're going. I think that that is similar to how they let everybody into the stock market via Robinhood and other apps like stock trading apps. I think this is a way to get a lot of the wealth that they made back from the people they gave it to, to kind of like put a little juice into the economy. But I still think it's like, not. I, I think that that would go down the same with any other grid down attack. And I do think that's pretty much a certainty. And I, I, Hey, that sounds maybe like pretty doom and gloom. And I don't, I don't mean to sound like it's a certainty in terms of it being like a crazy doomsday event. I don't think that that's necessarily what we're facing either, but I do think there will be some sort of major cyber event that we all witness in the very near future that will rock us. That will be unprecedented in terms of how much it affects us because so many things are like really it's, it's all been like, um, bottleneck it's all been like so many things have been centralized we're talking like everything is on the cloud now and that's that means that everything is like on the same sort of servers they're all they're all in like the same server farm so aws aws it is aws yeah aws i don't even know how what the percentage is but we're talking governments banks we're talking um major corporations all of them got their stuff on these same servers. And there's others too. You know, I mean, there, there are Google Cloud servers. There's uh, Oracle. Um, you know, you, you have a lot of them. But there's, it's it really is very centralized. And uh, that's a vulnerability, you know. So you just got to think like, why would they knowingly be doing that? And it's like you said, in the next news segment, like they, they literally will bookend it. And I, I they're laughing. They got to be sitting there laughing at this. Like, just be like, ha, ha, ha. Look how obvious we make it to these people. We literally are telling them back to back, and they still don't get it. They're still just, you know, like, looking at their porn and going to their stupid Marvel movies and, 
eating their shitty processed food and we're just we're telling them we're spelling it out and they still don't get it because most people don't most people still don't see what's happening it's it's happening right before them and they still don't get it but uh I think it reminds that's just... me of that. Uh, it reminds me of that. Well, I was gonna say it reminds me of that meme that you were talking about uh, when you were talking about everyone laughing. Remember, you know that meme of like Dick Cheney and George Bush like hilariously laughing with like drinks in their hand. And uh, yeah, you ever see that one? I think it's a famous yeah, yeah. meme where like yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like what you're saying. It just remind me of that, you know. Yeah, or that famous George Carlin quote is uh, is a club, and you ain't in it. You ain't in it. Yeah, dude. So, you know, we brought up a little earlier. I asked uh, if you'd ever dabbled in the uh, Democratic Party and you said not really. Well, I was a, you know, I considered myself a Democrat for a while. And even after like kind of getting into the Ron Paul, um, like starting to follow him and hear more of what he had to say, I actually still considered myself a Democrat for years. It wasn't really until man i would say like year one or two of trump that i even like considered like walking away from it there was that do you remember there was like a movement it was called like the walk away movement did you ever hear of that no i haven't it might have been just like something that was on my radar because it was kind of occurring to me at that time but um, people who had identified as Democrats were walking away from being a Democrat and they were usually walking into being a Republican. Um, but more, more often than, I mean, all the time they were just walking away from being a Democrat. And, uh, so yes, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to think like that, that I think a lot of people have gone that route where they've grew up, especially, I think when we're younger, we, identify more with a lot of the so-called values that are associated with being a Democrat. You know, it's, it's more egalitarian. So it just makes more, it's, it's more sellable to children who love just getting things, you know, they don't understand sacrifice as much as people who've had to sacrifice and have had to work hard, usually and put effort into get things and to protect things. And that's why they say, usually as people get older, they tend to grow more conservative, not more liberal um so yeah i feel like that's kind of been an interesting road i've been going down you know i would definitely say i've definitely gotten more into traditional values and wisdom like ancient wisdom wisdom that's been passed down you know is his history and just the the more i know and the more i learn and the more pieces i put together you know it, it makes sense to just look to tradition because so much of what tradition is, it's the stuff that's worked forever. You know, it's been t tested time and time again. And it, that really holds up with like one of the philosophies of the optimal state, which is that there is an optimal state of things, of systems, of structures, of, of behavior, et cetera. And, you know, that's, um, that's ultimately what I feel like I've been moving towards in terms of like what I'm trying to find in like my political philosophy. So, um, yeah, anyway, so that's kind of where I am. And that, that ultimately started with 
going from being the you know the idealistic democrat as a young man to finding ron paul ultimately moving into like the more libertarian direction and then being where i am right now which is like a uh basically a theocratic monarchist how about you adam yeah i i, I remember uh you were telling me about you're thinking about um going to uh work for the or trying to volunteer for the clinton foundation um and that's wasn't funny. even that long ago i know that was isn't that hilarious i remember <laughs> i i literally read half of his autobiography called my life and i didn't even and i had no my skin didn't crawl like while i'm reading this you know it's, it's so interesting to think and that wasn't that was been like 10 years ago not even that long ago yeah, um, it, it, it is very interesting to look back at our political views and how they've changed over the years, or just our views in general. Because I, I remember I was talking to you um, a few weeks ago about funny how, like, just, what, maybe five years ago, all we wanted to do was just play music. We didn't give a shit about anything else. All we wanted to do was just play music, and that's our focus uh, all the time, you know? And now it's, like, shifted a lot. And over the years, I think that uh, I always kind of had the, you know, the same type of views for the most part. Um, I, I think that I was, I've always been very anti-war and uh, pro-freedom. And unfortunately, I, I think that freedom has the freedom that we once had is eroding right in front of us through technology. And that, that's exactly how they're going to end up taking everything away from us is through technology i mean I, you know 1984 talked about it you know the, the surveillance state and um but i don't know I, I think that i've always had kind of the same political views for the most part i think that politics just kind of changes a little bit i i think that you know the republicans the neocons of the early 2000s were like the enemy now you know the democrat left's left is considered the enemy to you know, uh, the, to the more conservative people, whereas, uh, you know, the, the neocons are still around. Uh, the, the hawkish pro-war Republicans, uh, like Lindsey Graham would be like a neocon to me. Uh, well, I will type. say the, the difference between, there there is like a distinction though between identifying the actors involved and like the politicians who represent the parties and then digging into the values that are supposed to be associated with the parties, right? And what they represent. And, you know, we all, we all, I was talking about Bill Clinton, obviously, and you're discussing Lindsey Graham, you know, we're talking about the actual figures, but I would say like one of the big things was really starting to check my, uh, my, I guess, expectations for certain values I was hoping would be more in line with my, with what I hoped the world would be like, as opposed to like the reality and what would actually be the way that things should be. Um, and so many of these things of how I hoped they would be or how I wanted them to be were what was sold to me. And then they didn't make sense, but I held on to them. And I think like when we were really hell bent on being rock stars all the way, you know, everything was like committed to that task. I think a lot of our convictions maybe in the the more like political realm or the more like, I don't know, stuff that may, maybe was outside of the music realm was a little bit less thought out and we probably were more willing to just go with 
certain things that were given to us, right? Opinion wise, or so I think now we have, and that's why I, you know, I know that things change, but I don't think it's just like, it's, it doesn't like change for the sake of change. I think things have been like developing in terms of like viewpoint. And I'm sure for you as well, but uh, it's interesting to think just like coming from that viewpoint and understanding, I think how these people look at it, because I think a lot of people uh, on the left, they've always been there. I don't think they've ever changed their viewpoint. I think, and I, and by, I mean, always been there. I think, They've been there since they were like 12 years old, you know, 16, 20 years old, since they first had any idea of like a political consciousness. They've always been like that. Whereas I think a lot of people maybe on the right have actually developed that way. I don't know. What do you guys think out there? Do you guys have any thoughts, any I'm like breaking the fourth wall right now? But uh, yeah, I'm talking to you, listener, guys out there, people who are listening to the podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please uh, feel free to reach out to us um, on Twitter at Optimal State Pod. We're pretty active over there. Shoot us an email to um, Optimal State Pod at Gmail. And uh, I don't know, anything else, Adam? We're trying to maybe put out some YouTube content pretty soon, I think. Get, get some videos up. Yeah, I, I, I think that it'd be nice to uh, put the Put the voices to the face. Put the voice <laughs> um, to the face. Face to the voice. <laughs> there you go. Oh um, no! Put it away. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't uh, handle it. Um, what was that? Um, oh, what was that movie where uh, the guy told him, uh, he's uh, so it, it was, it was. I think it was a comedy about um, guys like, oh, you might want to stick to radio. <laughs> the guy was ugly or something. I forgot what. Um, oh no, it was an old Budweiser Leon commercial. Yeah, I'll, oh. send, I'll, it's funny, I'll send it to you, man. Oh, these classic Budweiser Leon commercials. If you look it up, it's really funny about it's like uh, a football player that it's just like super like egotistical. And uh, the reporter's like, oh, um, it's like, what do you have to say about the loss today? And he's like, well, I have to put the loss on uh, my supporting cast. And the guy's just like, well, your three fumbles didn't attribute to today's loss. He's like, well, wouldn't that if one of the other guys would have jumped on the ball? He's like, I can't do everything. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, man. Uh, anyway. how, how far Budweiser has fallen. And now they have Dylan Mulvaney as their brand spokesman. Unless that's an yeah, April you... Fool's joke. I don't know. Remember remember the commercial where they had the fucking the, the guy that, uh, the fat guy that came in and he like opened the bag of uh he like he uh oh no 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 the guy it, it was this guy he ended up uh he gave the dog some dog food the cat some cat food and then he like opened the fridge and got like some soda and his uh or bud uh bud light and his friends appeared then he opened a bag of chips and <laughs> like, this fat dude just appears he's like and now uh, all of his friends and him are like looking at this big guy and he's like hey, you guys stay and i'll stay yeah, <laughs> you guys stand. I stand. Yeah, I, I do remember that was funny, man. But no, but seriously, it's it's funny. Like that was not that long ago. That was a Budweiser commercial, and now you have Dylan Mulvaney, a girl for a day or a girl for a year, three hundred sixty-five days to girlhood or whatever it is, as like uh, their face is on his face is on the can. On the can of Budweiser. I, I mean, unless it's unless it was like a one-time thing. I don't know. I saw a little something on Twitter 
about it. Who is this person? Oh, you know what? I almost feel like I don't even want to tell you because if you don't know, I I feel that's so much better. It's just (laughs) so much better at this point, you know, because it's just. I, yeah, honestly, I, I, it's I, like it's yeah, I'm not good. Yeah, just to honestly live in ignorance on this one because it's one of those things that like it seems there's uh conservative talking heads on YouTube are obsessed with, and this is one of them. But um, it's better just to not know about it, I guess, at this point. But anyway, you know what, guys, we had a great time with you tonight. Uh, again, Optimal State Pod on Twitter. Uh, yeah. We love you all. Thanks for tuning in to episode 15. We'll catch you again uh, next week. Good night, everybody. Adios.